This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's move on to into to our wide receiver rankings now. I have Tyreek Hill at number one against Cleveland. Uh, he's played nine games this year. He has over 140 receiving yards in five of them. Uh, 140, guys. 140. Uh, he's averaging 23 PPR fantasy points per game, despite scoring only three touchdowns this year. It's crazy to say, but those touchdowns are coming. He's due for a regression, a positive regression, and he's scored he's, he's scoring 23 fantasy points a game. Are you kidding me? My goodness, man. <laughs> yeah, that's like my least – I think that's my least favorite saying, positive regression. Oh, my God. I hear it on Twitter all the time, and it's like – People hate it. People hate it. I love saying it because everyone hates it so much. It's like, hey, man, I don't care. Some people are like, hey, why don't you say progression? And I'm and I just tell them I'm like, it's, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Those are two different things. It's so true. Get out of here, Joe. Um, I got Justin Jefferson at number two here against Buffalo, followed by Jalen Waddle, followed by AJ Brown at four, and then I have Stefan Diggs and Cooper Cup. And I normally have Diggs and Cup in the top three, but this week. I like Waddle's upside and AJ Brown's upside more, just given the fact that Diggs and Cup are both likely going to be without their quarterbacks, right? Um, you know, still top six plays at wide receiver for me, but Jefferson, Waddle, AJ Brown, and the latter two, especially Waddle and AJ Brown, they have pretty solid matchups this week. Yeah. And I, I just prefer them by a hair over those two guys without their quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking through this. First of all, very pretty, very, oh, the wrong way. This is gorgeous. Like setup. Hey, this, this is all way. Zach right here, man. All Zach. Oh, man. I should have took credit. Like say I'm Zach this week. But um, <laughs> uh, do you change your rankings at all with Case Keenum? Do you keep Stefan Diggs at five, or you made that? Yeah, no. This is this is the, these rankings are with Case Keenum in the lineup. So like I normally like if, if let's say Josh Allen was playing this week against Minnesota, I would probably have Stefan Diggs at number one. Yeah, <laughs> overall this week, but yeah, I do have him at five. Are you are you not as high on him as I am? No, I I, I like stuff on Diggs, especially. I think this is his first game against Minnesota. Um, revenge game, revenge game, right? Uh, the, against the team that did not use him to his potential, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of extra motivation in this game, and as you mentioned, this Minnesota secondary is definitely not good. So no matter who the quarterback is at this point, I'm fine with throwing stuff on Diggs as the top five wide receiver this week. Uh, AJ Brown, you mentioned against Washington. I mean, they have the worst, uh, quite possibly the worst secondary um, in the entire league. And they lost William Jackson, who again was like a really bad part of that secondary as well. So AJ Brown, definitely a guy yeah, you can fire yeah. up. He's bound for a big game. Terry kill Jalen Waddle. Where do you have Tua ranked this week? I mean, for these guys to both be in the top three, we've seen it happen before multiple times with both of these guys. But where do you have Tua ranked? I have Tua ranked at like like eight or something like that. Like yeah. I, I I don't necessarily correlate, you know, the the quarterback play because Tyreek Hill just hasn't been scoring those touchdowns. Yeah. Right. So like 
Hill has been getting it done, top two, top three wide receiver, you know, uh, on a points per game basis, uh, you know, and that's without touchdowns. So, like, you know, Tyree, I mean, Tua's really going to get the points when he scores touchdowns, not really on those passing yards. Yeah. Um, you know, so if, if Tyree Hill was a touchdown scoring machine, then, yeah, I feel like Tua, you know, would have to be with these, these two guys in the top three, you know, you kind of have to have Tua, you know, in the top five, right? But, um, but I have Tua pretty high this week. The only thing is that, uh, you know, wide receivers have done well against Cleveland uh, for PPR fantasy points, but quarterbacks have struggled against Cleveland. They've no, held scared. some quarterbacks. Yeah, man. These some of these a lot of these quarterbacks, decent quarterbacks, haven't had good games. Like they 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 limited Lamar Jackson. They limited a bunch of guys. So, you know, I'm tempering expectation on Tua and him like actually throwing touchdowns this week. Yeah, no, I, I like the rest of the look of this, especially Justin Jefferson kind of being up there. He bounced back a little bit to see how involved TJ Hawkinson was and to yeah. see kind of like what he offered to this offense. I don't think it's going to be a one-piece offense anymore where it's just like Justin Jefferson or maybe Adam Thielen, you know, Irv Smith kind of doing his thing, whatever. Obviously, Dalvin Cook's always a threat, but to have another legitimate receiving threat next to him is going to open things up in the red zone for him as he scored last week. So first time yeah. since week one. Hundred percent. He was he he had a he had that regression coming as well. He didn't score since week one. He finally scored. I was calling. We were talking about it before last week. I'm like, he's getting four touchdowns this week because you know after seeing AJ Brown, right? You know, and it happened to Joe Mixon, right? It ended up happening yeah. to Joe Mixon, not Justin Jefferson, but uh, somebody to keep an eye on because there's some touchdowns owed his way as well. Um, I have Devonte Adams at seven against Indy. Uh, hopefully, he gets targeted the way he was targeted last week. Yeah. Uh, he had all his production in the first half of of last week, and then Derek Carr just turned into a pumpkin, and they couldn't do anything in that second half. Um, the matchup is okay against Indy. I'm not. I'm too worried about it. I mean, like Indy has limited wide receivers for the most part this year, but they haven't gone. Up, they haven't really gone up against like really really good wide receivers like Devonte yeah. Adams. So, not really too worried about it. DeAndre Hopkins at number eight. I really like his matchup this week. Um, Jalen Ramsey likely won't be shadowing him. He hasn't shadowed this year. The last time these two went up against each other, he didn't shadow him. He only played against him on a handful of snaps. So, you know, he should have most of his routes away from Ramsey covering him. And on that left side where Hopkins runs his routes from, the Rams have allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. So, and we know that Cliff Kingsbury does not move his wide receivers around uh, when he ha- once he has it set. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, I think I think Hopkins has a little bit of a little bit of an advantage this week against the Rams. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I do like Hopkins in this matchup. A lot of people might shy away because of the Jalen Ramsey matchup. Obviously, we saw Jalen Ramsey did week one against Stephon Diggs, right? And that's kind of he, – he's been better since then, but uh, he got burned a ton by Diggs in that first game. So I think Hopkins definitely kind of has that upside. He's been getting a ton of targets as well. Uh, Rondo Moore doing his job in the middle of the field definitely has been helping him. And Marquise Brown coming back should help him even more. So, yeah, I like the spot where you have Hopkins. I would put Adams in front of him, especially now, as we mentioned, Darren Waller and uh, Hunter Renfro out. If they really don't pass the Devontae Adams at this point, then I think they need to just <laughs> – I know the trade deadline passed, but they need to, like, figure out a way to trade him off the team because if you're not going to use him at this or, point or, – or, or back to Green Bay. Or back to Green Bay. Like, he, he failed his physical. I don't know. He's, like, seven, eight, ten weeks in. <laughs> Right, but just we, we forgot to, to do his day. physical. We, we forgot, forgot to, to do it. <laughs> I think he'd probably be in favor of that as well. But, <laughs> but yeah, I like where uh, you have these two guys ranked. I have Amon Ross St. Brown at number nine against Chicago. Uh, the line for this game is set at 48 and a half. You mentioned it, right? Like this game is going to be pretty high scoring. Uh, so, you know, two bad defenses. I like that high target share. 
that Amara has been getting over 40% target share last week in a positive game script for the Lions. That's not going to happen that often to them. Um, I, I expect that to turn into double-digit targets this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he had 12 or 13 targets this week against the Bears. Yeah, and he's kind of been without that big like 30 points per game that he's had, uh, or at least what we're used to having with Amara St. Brown. I mean, going to this season, especially in the early parts of the season, he was like a like 10 15 target kind of guy like over 100 yards touchdown like we just haven't seen that in a while and i think it's part of the reason that offense is stagnant in the first three or four weeks the lines were averaging 35 points per game and have kind of fallen off a cliff since that point as far as being able to score those kind of points so uh, against the bears you know a team that lost roquan smith that traded away uh, Ro- uh robert quinn and clearly has nothing going on on the defensive side anymore. Uh, very much a matchup that Amon Rock can exploit. Are you buying Amon Rock like I am everywhere? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely buying him everywhere. And again, like I really want to see what this offense looks like when Jameson Williams gets onto the field. And th- theoretically should be happening this year. Uh, we'll, we'll see if that stays true considering their record. And they might just say like, all right, you know, let's not force him out there, have him re-injured and then not have him for the following year. So I, I do want to see how, good this offense can be when you have an established deep threat or you know hopefully to be established deep threat like Jameson Williams but yeah going forward I do like a Monron St. Brown especially with Hawkinson gone Mike Evans at 10 against Seattle not the best matchup in the world uh no. but they have they have let up a little bit on that left side where Mike Evans runs most of his routes from They're, they over the last four weeks they've given up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers so you know Evans has a shot to come through for you this week uh, after seeing double-digit targets each of the last three weeks. So he can potentially come through this week. Yeah, and I think it's encouraging as well that he's still getting the targets after a lot of dropped uh, long touchdown passes. <laughs> if you've seen any of the Tampa games recently, yep. I'm sure Brady's not been happy about that. But the targets are still coming, so definitely a very startable matchup for Evans. Tyler Lockett at 11 against Tampa. Uh, I really like Lockett this week. He he runs all of his routes from the right side and the slot, and Tampa has been terrible against wide receivers from those two particular spots. I do like his matchup a lot better than Metcalf's this week, who yeah. I have at 14 here, just a few spots below. Let me ask you a question. Se- rest of the season, who would you rather have, Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf? I'm still taking DK Metcalf because I, I feel like as he gets healthier and he's still got that upside of like he can take any score for a touchdown. Um, I don't know if you saw our, our good friend Akash made it. I did see that. I, I knew I knew you were know exactly. gonna, gonna, yep. yep. <laughs> were gonna bring up. Go ahead. The explain a it. button. Yeah, he hits the A button in every catch you get, which if you play Madden, I guess on Xbox, the A button is uh, it's like a possession catch. So the receiver will like catch it and like go down or just like you know, overcompensate to make sure they catch the ball and do nothing after the catch. That's kind of who Tyler Lockett has been. And there was a nice little clip. I think it got reposted on like Sports Center or something. But um, there was a lot of different clips of like Tyler Lockett catching it and just going down when there's no one around him and just like catching it going left and right and then just like going to the ground. So uh, <laughs> he's allergic to yak is what we're getting at here. And DJ Metcalf drinks yak for breakfast. So um, ooh, ooh, I like it. that ooh. yak juice. That, that, yak, yeah, that sounds not great, but um, you know what I thought of when I when I when I yak juice. What I th- I'm gonna keep saying it because it sounds funny. Uh, uh, what what I keep thinking about is the Grinch, like the cartoon Grinch. Like he has mm. like all these different like he has like yeah. the, the the moose juice and like the whatever all this stuff. Like I feel like that's part of that you know what his what the Grinch eats and drinks and all. Anyway, mo- <laughs> listen, I got kids. 
you know, we're past Halloween. They're already watching Christmas oh, movies. God. All right. So it, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I have I have Chris Olave at 12, and I moved him up a bit because I really yeah. like his matchup this week against Pittsburgh. Um, Olave runs 75% of his routes on the right perimeter and the slot. And those are two spots the Saints have been terrible defending all season and over the past several weeks. They've given up the fourth most fantasy points out of the slot and the most fantasy points to the right perimeter. So I love him this week. And our partner, Preciser, also has his anytime touchdown percentage at the highest of any player in this game at 36.3% chance of scoring. That's even a little bit over Alvin Kamara. So there's a good chance that he ends up scoring in this game. I like Chris Olave. Let me ask you a question. Is Chris Olave the best receiver that you've seen in terms of rookies this season? Yeah, and it's unfortunate because we haven't really got to see too much of the other rookies. Uh, Traylon Burks, as we know, has been hurt. Drake London is kind of trapped in purgatory in this Falcons offense. Um, Garrett Wilson, I think he's kind of in the second place here as far as being on the Jets and kind of, especially recently after Brees Hall went down, getting a lot more involved in the offense. But yeah, Olave from the get-go has been like the guy as far as rookies go, and he's been killing it in that role. You know what's what's funny? You know what's funny about this? Like, it's possible that the guys who are the least productive out of the three guys you mentioned, the, the best wide receivers might be the least producing ones. Like, it's very possible. Like, I could totally see um you know, uh, Drake London being the best receiver out of this bunch, right? Because he's doing a lot with very little, um, you know, especially early on in the year. Like, yeah. he looks like a legit receiver. Um, and, I'm, and I'm really looking forward to reading, uh, you know, Matt Harmon's. I think he just put out his rookie, midseason rookie report. Really? Um, yeah, he just put it out, I think, yesterday. So go check that out, guys. Uh, and you can also listen to the podcast, too, Reception Perception Podcast, also here, uh, you know, with our partners at Odyssey. But you could check out uh, that at receptionperception.com. I, I highly recommend it because that will really give you some insight in terms of like how are these rookies actually playing on a per route basis and are they are they do they have a chance of becoming elite uh, wide receivers in this league? So, so, so definitely go check that out. Um, but yeah, no, it's interesting, man. Like I, I I think you know neither Garrett Wilson or or um, actually even Chris Olave. Like Garrett Wilson didn't really get his shot right because they he plays in a run heavy offense with Zach Wilson, right? Yeah. Obviously, Drake London hasn't really got his shot for obvious reasons, right? Quarterback issues. The coach doesn't want to throw him the ball. They don't want to, They only want to run the ball no matter what in any kind, any type of game script. And even Chris Olave, to an extent, right? Like, he's playing with Andy Dalton, right? Like, Andy Dalton has been holding it down. But, you know, imagine if Jameis Winston was a quarterback right now. Yeah. Like, he, might, he might be making some mistakes, potentially. But Chris Olave might already have a thousand yards by this point. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he, he's a gunslinger, and the amount of air yards that Chris Olave was getting with Jameis Winston was that was going to turn into some serious production. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to C.D. Lamb at number 13 against Green Bay. Uh, I have D.K. Metcalf at 14, like I mentioned. Amari Cooper at 15 against Miami. Christian Kirk at 16. I really like Christian Kirk again this week. I loved him last week. He came through. I love him again this week against Kansas City. You got to think this game script is, you know, in Jacksonville's favor, you know, probably down early, right? Uh, Jacksonville's passing game, at least. Uh, Trevor, La- Trevor Lawrence is going to have to sling it. The Chiefs are giving up the third most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. This is another plus week for Kirk. You know, Kirk had that strong opening to the season, had a little bit of a lull, and now it's kind of popping back up. Yeah, definitely. And it's good to see, too, because – it looked like they were kind of pivoting more towards Evan Ingram and kind of like Zay Jones, even at some points. 
Um, but the, the, when the offense is at its best, Christian Kirk is getting a high uh, workload there. So it, it's, I, again, big matchup for the Jaguars. And a lot of times what we see is uh, from the Chiefs side, I mean, teams are scoring a lot of points against the Chiefs. Now they have a little bit of a healthier secondary. I believe they're um, – who is it? Their corner who just came back. Uh, he's one of their best corners. He just came back from injury not so long ago. Uh, what's the name of that guy? Not Sneed. Fenton? No. It's in there somewhere. It's in my brain somewhere. Joe, I wasn't paying attention to just now. Yeah, I know. I figured. I wasn't paying attention to because I have my kids home from school. Uh, sure. You know, it's, it's Veterans Day, right? You know, uh, salute to all the veterans out there. But uh, that means that the kids are home. And I am trying to record a podcast here. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it ain't working out, you know? So like what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to like tell my wife to leave them outside, you know, <laughs> as our producer suggested, I think that's a good idea to leave them outside. So the podcast is over, you know, give them a jacket and hopefully they'll be fine. But anyway, go ahead. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. I, I just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of emphasizing the point of these Jacksonville receivers are in a really good spot this week. Uh, those receivers being Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, and uh, Travis Etienne, of course, being the receivers for the Jaguars. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like all these guys to have a pretty decent week. Trevor we'll Lawrence, see, though. We'll see yeah. if Etienne gets more involved in the passing game, yeah. right? Like, he hasn't get – like, we, have, we haven't seen that connection rekindled, right, between Trevor Lawrence and Etienne, you know, from their days uh, at Clemson. You know, hopefully we start to see that. I can see that happening this week, you know, with the Chiefs, you know, with the Chiefs going ahead in this game. And on top of that, the Chiefs are allowing the most receptions to running backs, you know, in the NFL. So mm-hmm. maybe ETN starts to get that going this week. He, he was seeing like, you know, five targets, you know, he, he saw a couple of five target games, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So, so that could definitely happen again. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, I have, let's see, who's next? I have Juju at 17. I had DJ Moore at 18. Uh, that didn't work out so well. Uh, Chris Godwin at 19. Josh Palmer at 20 against San Francisco. Uh, by the way, Palmer had a 24% target share from Justin Herbert last week. Uh, he lined up all over the place, you know, from the slot, left, right, pretty evenly. So he's going to find his spots against his defense. Uh, you know, I'm actually expecting the Chargers, you know, to be down in this game uh, and Vegas agrees the 49ers are favored by a touchdown in this one wow. at home. Wow. That's pretty significant. And Palmer was good to see last week. He got that uh, target share. It just seemed like he was dropping a couple passes. The efficiency wasn't totally there, uh, but still that was like their best way to move the ball between yeah. him and Eckler. Uh, Gerald Everett also had some passes. I saw a whole compilation of just Justin <laughs> Herbert trying to make plays and his receivers just, not coming through so. yeah you know honestly like he's not a really good receiver like at the end of the day like palmer like he's a good receiver but he's not great and you know he he's being called upon to do a job that he's yep. not he's not an alpha receiver or anything like that uh but you know he's being targeted and you know it is what it is like you know i do like deandre carter a little bit this week as like a desperate flex play uh yeah. because you know the the 49ers have actually been the worst against slot wide receivers over the last four and eight weeks so he's someone that you know 
if you're desperate in a PPR league, go ahead, go for it. I have a league where I have uh, DeAndre Carter starting because I also have kick return and punt return points in that league as well. And as far as I know, he does both of those things. So DeAndre Carter for me is actually a weekly start in this kind of situation where I have kick return and punt return points. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, I, I hate those kind of leagues. Like I cannot, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot. I remember when, you know, so we're in a league together and actually me, you, Zach, a bunch of us are in a league together. Right. And um, in that league, I remember when we were making the rules this is our first league, first year doing this league and we were trying to come up with the rules and all that. And I was like, all right, listen, standard rules, PPR <laughs> league, super flex an extra flex extra wide receiver spot and that's it <laughs> and everything else that no kickers no defense right that's 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 our format and um you were the only one who was just like wait no kick no kick return yards no punt return <laughs> yards what's up how about idp can you put idp in there you know and, and i get it you know it makes it more fun i understand for people who like that shit um <laughs> But you know we're we're a bunch of we're a bunch of uh, basic bitches in our league, <laughs> so we just we just decided to keep it pretty simple. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Alan Lazard, I have him here at twenty-one. Without Romeo Dubs there, you know you have to assume Lazard keeps getting it done. You, you know you know you look at his what he's been doing this season. Lazard's been getting it done, man. Like every single week, like every single week he plays the double-digit fantasy points. He's averaging like fourteen fantasy points a game, PPR fantasy points per game. So not bad. Solid wide receiver too. Um, Debo at 22 here. You think Debo takes a hit with yet another weapon of Christian McCaffrey, like joining this receiving core? Yeah. So I, I mentioned um, on a video, I think last week, but Debo is the wide back and Christian McCaffrey is the running receiver. So these guys complement each other so well to the point where they're both kind of the same role and Christian McCaffrey is more so guaranteed those touches. So it, it sucks. It kind of sucks for Debo. It's like, I can't think of another running back that would have affected Debo more than a guy like Chris McCaffrey. Right. Uh, so it's unfortunately we're going to see his production kind of dip off. He is still a giant play waiting to happen. Um, right. And, you know, so any we, kind which of. Which is why it's always pass. hard to keep him out of your lineup, right? You got to have him in your lineup, period. And, you know, me ranking Lazard over Debo is like, really? You know, <laughs> but yeah, like I just expect him to get the targets. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. before, like, I, I mentioned this in the offseason, too, of like, before last season, there was a legitimate question of who the wide receiver one for the San Francisco offense would be, whether yeah. it was going to be Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. And now we're at the point where Brandon Ayuk has more established himself as, like, the go-to receiver, and Debo's kind of this utility gadget, do-it-all kind of guy. And yeah. now that Chris McCaffrey can kind of take a little bit off that plate, is Debo, like – is he established enough to kind of be the number one wide receiver for this team? Or are we going to see Brandon Ayuk kind of keep that role? Yeah. And my, and my feeling is that in most games, unless the 49ers go down in games, it's going to be pretty distributed. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of what I'm expecting it to be bet- distributed between Debo, uh, Ayuk, Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey. But Christian McCaffrey, it's like if McCaffrey gets five or six catches, you're relatively happy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But you're not necessarily happy if that's Debo. You know, you kind of want him to do a little bit more than that. But, you know, it is what it is. At 23 here, I have Terry McLaurin, who will likely be shadowed by Darius Slade. Not the best matchup in the world, but not one I'm necessarily benching him for. Taylor Heineke has still been supplying him at a 20% target share over the last three weeks. So, solid target share. You know, I had McLaurin, you know, barely in my top 30, you know, in the first, like, you know, five, six weeks of the season. And now once Heineke took over, he's really been targeting him a lot. Uh, A little bit of a down game for him last week. Tough matchup this week as well. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he he puts up a dud 
this week. However, with that type of target share, like I'm most likely starting him. Yeah, and Taylor Haneke has been the best thing for uh, Terry McLaurin since sliced bread. I mean, Carson Wentz not getting it done. Um, I don't think we're going to see Sam Howell this year, but I don't want to know how that would go. I'd rather just ride it out with Taylor Haneke because, uh, you know, historically he's, it's been the best thing for Taylor, uh, Terry McLaurin. Brandon Ayuk at 24. We just mentioned him against the Chargers. Uh, you can tell me if that's too high or not, but Darnell Mooney at 25 against Detroit. I like him this week in what should be a high-scoring game. Like, you know, it's crazy, man. Like, uh, with this, with Justin Fields and this offense coming on, like, is Mooney going to start having a serious fantasy impact, like, in this stretch run? I mean, it's it's tough to say. Uh, Fields did have three passing touchdowns last week. But when you look at where a majority of Fields' points have come because he's been so successful lately, it's been on the ground. It's been him running the ball. So I can't really correlate – the success Fields has had for fantasy to beneficial for those wide receivers and tight ends. Like, yes, Cole Komet had his, uh, you know, had his game last week. Darnell Mooney's been pretty consistent over the last two weeks, but I don't think this really sends him, you know, to a high point, especially this week against the Lions. I think they're going to use Dave Montgomery a lot more too. I don't think they're going to try to stress, like Fields is going to do his thing on the ground, but Monty and Khalil Herbert, even as you know, has the chance to take any uh, run for 70 yards at any point. So I think we're going to see a little more involvement from the running backs this week. Yeah, no, I hear that. And, and you know, one thing that I was looking at, you know, when it comes to Justin Fields is that his dropbacks, his not, the number of dropbacks that he's had has gone up, you yeah. know, opposed to, you know, pass attempts and that sort of thing. And these guys are running more routes. So I'm looking at it right now. It's just something that I wanted to just look at, you know, while, while you were just talking. Uh, you know, since week six, I'm going to look at to see who had the most dropbacks in the NFL where we going to week 10, right? So let's say last four weeks. Let's see. Uh, we are looking at – so Justin Fields has the 10th most dropbacks in the NFL among quarterbacks over the last four weeks, You know, which means that they have significantly increased the percentage of pass plays, right? Um, and now with Chase Claypool coming in now, you know, I can imagine that kind of staying stable, right, uh, where they're putting more on Justin Fields' shoulder, whether that's throwing the ball, scrambling – uh, whatever the case may be, but he is dropping back. So I think Darnell Mooney is going to have some more opportunities moving forward. And between him and Chase Claypool, I do like Mooney better as a better wide receiver. Uh, Claypool did get targeted at a high rate on a you know on a per route basis last week. We'll see what happens when he has a full time role moving forward. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I was really low on Mooney. You know, obviously over the last several weeks, you know, coming into I would say last week, um, but now. I feel like, you know, you can actually start him. And for me to have him in the top 25, I don't think I've even – I think Zach might have had to create the Darnell Mooney graphic logo here <laughs> for the first time this season. I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, this is the first time we're, like, talking about him on this podcast, like, in, in these rankings. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's interesting, too, because uh, last year, like, Darnell Mooney had his best games when Allen Robinson was unofficially being used as a decoy uh, on that offense. So kind of having that other guy – opposite of him in being chase claypool it looks to benefit him early on and hopefully we see that continue yeah yeah we'll see um let's see uh who else do we have we got Devonte smith at number 26 we got deontay johnson at 27 jerry judy at 28 gabe davis and Rondell Moore rounding out the top 30 here I like Devontae Smith's matchup this week, you know, but his target share has kind of been all over the place. You know, Jalen yeah. Hurts has really been favoring Dallas Goddard over the last two weeks since they're by. And, you know, 
let me ask you a question, man. Like Devonta Smith has been underperforming a little bit. Is he a buy to you? Um, I think it's very matchup dependent. I think it's very much right. when AJ so Brown it seems like the it seems like the answer to seems like the answer is no. Then yeah, because I know the Eagles have a pretty good stretch going forward. So I, he is either a hold or you know the second he had like if he has a big game against Washington, I'm gonna assume it's gonna be off like one or two plays where it's just hmm. like a 50, 40 yard pass. Um, if, if it's that kind of game, I'm gonna sell him right away. Hmm. I like it. I like it. So and Deontay Johnson, right? He has that high floor. <laughs> Well, kind of, not really, kind of a high floor. He has a floor. Yeah, he, he has a floor. Twenty-seven percent target share this year. He's averaging nine and a half targets per game, but yeah. the upside hasn't been there for him. And I and am I am I ranking him too high? Like, is this appropriate? Like, it's a good matchup against New Orleans. Like, yeah. are you playing guys like Jerry Judy, Gabe Davis, Rondell Moore over Deontay Johnson? And I'll say this because I know you want to start Rondell Moore over. I have a feeling you do, but <laughs> Rondell Moore also has a tough matchup, a little bit of a tough matchup, but I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Please go ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> for, for Deontay, I mean, ha, has he really capped out with his targets and uh, like in his target share? Like we know he's capable of like, okay, he can go up to like 10, 15 targets, but what does that turn into as opposed to six catches for 30 yards? Now it's eight catches for like 40 yards. Like I'm not all that excited about Deontay Johnson. And I think, a lot of teams, what they do is after they buy, they kind of reevaluate their offense. Like Mike Tomlin's looking at this, and we already saw the comments he made about the running back room with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. We're expecting more Jalen Warren going forward. But as far as his receiving room, too, you lost Chase Claypool. I think this is the perfect opportunity to kind of get George Pickens more involved into this offense. I think Deontay is going to kind of cap out to the point where he is, where he's going to get 10, 11, 12 targets each week. But George Pickens is going to see that increase. So, um, yeah, I, I do like Deontay Johnson because, again, y- you want a receiver who's getting 12 targets. If, if you told me a receiver was going to have 12 targets, it'd be hard to keep them out of my top 30 because of what they can do with that. But because of how inefficient this offense is and how inefficient he is with his touches, I think I think that's an appropriate spot. I might even put Jerry Judy Gabe. Eh, I'd probably put Jerry Judy over him at least. Me too. Um, and and I'm know. thinking about it as well. I think Jerry Judy, because he does have a good matchup against Tennessee's slot defense, um, that's a pretty good matchup. So Jerry Judy probably has a higher ceiling than Deontay Johnson, right? Yeah. So I, w- I would say that, yeah, I-, I think I might agree with you there. Let's move G- Jerry Judy up to 27. Let's move Jerry Judy right. above Devontae Smith. Well, ahead, Devontae Mike. S- Do it, Mike. <laughs> Do- I don't know. Devontae <laughs> Smith? <laughs> Do it. Yeah, just move it right now. Let's move it. Let's see it. Let's see it happen in, in-, in-, in- live. Live from Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We're moving it live. Maybe about Devontae Smith? Maybe not. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. You know, just Jerry Judy with the work that he's been getting lately and the work right. that Horton Sutton hasn't been getting lately, if he's truly the wide receiver one of this offense right now, I think Jerry Judy kind of belongs more so in that, like, 24 right behind Terry. You know, okay. putting him you know, in front of Brandon Ayuk. Because, again, the upside of Brandon Ayuk is great against the Chargers, but it could very well just be Christian McCaffrey. It could be George Cato. It could be, you know. So yeah. I think there's no floor for Ayuk as opposed to Jerry Judy to being the number one. I think he belongs at 24, to be honest. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Sutton makes a comeback. I really wouldn't. That's yeah. something but I would say I'll say too. this. It might not happen this week, though, because Tennessee has been locking down number one wide receivers. Like, they literally doubled – team like every number one wide receiver that goes against them once once stefan Diggs destroyed them on monday night <laughs> football that was it since then that was it they they refused 
to let any number one wide receiver on the outside do their thing. And they've locked down everybody. So Jerry Judy out of the slot, you know, it might be a good option this week. All right, Gabe Davis at 29, Rondell Moore at 30. You know, Rondell Moore, go ahead, start him. He just has a little bit of a tough matchup. You know, hopefully he won't see too much of Jalen Ramsey all game long out of the slot, but, you know, not as good of a matchup as he's seen over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But he's been getting the targets. 